It's Greg, your rugby podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. Connacht have lost heavily to Leinster. 21 points, playing 50 in the end. Brilliant start to the game when you think they scored four times in the open 15 minutes and then phew, it all fell away. Alan Deegan, welcome along. Hiya, Rob. Hiya, Alan. Stephen, welcome along. Good evening. Good evening. I try to keep the energies high on this podcast because our listeners, you know, they have other things in their life. We're not trying to bring them down. Thanks for listening. I know one or two of you do just drift away the odd time when we have a bad result. The rest of you are here with us so we can have our own little chat. It's not going to be too doom and gloom. It's going to be a little bit introspective. I don't know what else to say. But first things first, ah, it's not good enough. Leinster were brilliant, not good enough from Connor. No, no, a lot of... A lot of pretty good individual performances out there um, but, back to that. but I think it comes down to the fact that when we made a mistake Leinster made us pay and we weren't able to deal with that now Leinster are once once they woke up once they sort of got themselves into the game because they were I, I don't think they were quite ready for the ferocity that Connacht started the game at um, but once they woke up and got made Connacht make the first mistake and then got the first try you were sort of going okay this is going to be a long a long night yeah, I can't really disagree with it. I mean, how many times have we... Normally this happens up in the RDS. Uh, we've gone up there. We've seen... Mm. I've seen worse score lines. I've even seen worse performance. I, I may even have seen worse performances. The first 15 minutes and the last 10 minutes. But the last 10 minutes, you put it down to... This was structurally... They had made all their changes. They were off the ball. I'm going to say, I don't think Leinster were brilliant. Uh, I think they showed up a week late. They should have done that performance last week. But I'm just trying to be nasty because they absolutely pummeled us. They were brilliant. I was like, where do I go with that? Because they were brilliant. Hey, I put it to you. That's the performance they would have looked for last week. And we, I knew when I saw the team that was picked, I knew that they don't like... I can't remember the last time Lancer lost three games in a row. Um, technically, I would have said it would have been... It would have been the third time a Connacht senior team, if you include the Eagles, would have beaten Leinster in a row. I was listening to you, and you were—you said you had mentioned James Tracy getting very annoyed about said there was hatred there. We don't hate Leinster; we're just annoyed by them. But they—they they genuinely don't like us. I think it's their problem, not ours. Um, but and I thought for the first 15 minutes we were, we were going to run over them, and then they showed up. And what's really scary, and I think it's really scary for Connacht in the long run, is that was probably five players they sent out their first choice pack last week there were five players missing uh, okay Yvonne de Fleur came on they got pummeled last week by La Rochelle we if we are this far off the Leinster pack that isn't their first choice pack today and their first choice pack is that far off La Rochelle we're aiming for the Champions Cup and I think that is the probably the one thing I'm taking out of this that is how far off we saw it against Leicester but how far are we off the French teams and the, and, the, and the English teams heading into another Champions Cup uh, campaign? Alan, you're very good at unjumbling my thoughts when it comes to these things. So, And here's here's what I'm going to say to you. I have this idea that maybe five or six years ago, or further, remember when Leinster won the Champions Cup and that scrum battle that turned around after halftime, right? Mm. Scrums used to really matter. They don't seem to matter as much. But you know what seems to matter now? mauled from lineouts, and uh, you know what happened to Connick tonight is what I think I remember happening in the past this is my jumbled thoughts where a team would come and just blows away in the scrums and it just felt like oh every time they got a position we were beaten and that was like that tonight and it looks like it's just a different set piece but same story we were just un- we couldn't match them and then it's just nearly it's nearly pointless yeah well every time every time we gave away a penalty I turned around to William because he was beside me tonight and I said here's a try from, for Leinster every time from, from the very first one yeah Every time, yeah. because you knew it was coming. Leicester have done it to us. Monster have done it to us. Ulster were doing it to a point. Bristol um, did it to us. Bristol did it to us. Um, La Rochelle did it to us. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, Racing. Racing did it to us. Um, La did it to us a few years back. Yeah. So, 
maybe maybe this is one of the reasons we've got this this um, South African lineout expert coming to help sort a, a defensive lineout. That's if a you're stopping issue. 25 to 40 percent of them. You have a different game. But the thing is, we are, we have seemed to have one strategy with defending lineouts, especially in our 22, and that is to steal the ball. And we didn't even attempt to steal the ball tonight, and that was truly worrying. I mean. I'm not. This, I, I think we have to. This has got to be analysed. It's very easy to go. Oh, we're appalling. We've got no forwards. We were shocking. We've no physicality. We do have a physicality. We did. We literally did hurt Leinster tonight. The problem was consistent. There wasn't any consistency to it. And when it came to structured plays from the opposition, we are really struggling. You mentioned you were beside William watching the game. We should go and listen to your in-game stuff, uh, get a little snippet of it. That's enough. I don't think we need anything from the commentary today. And uh, then we'll get some post-game. Connacht 16, Leinster 14. OK, 20 minutes gone, William. What a game. Yeah, it's mad stuff. Uh, it's, it's end-to-end. It's a bit loose. Connacht at one stage, 16-0 up here. Uh, but Leinster have come back with a bang it's, uh, it's going to be like this has the makings of a shootout but you feel Connacht would need to score next a couple of silly penalties and Leinster have turned those into points both times they have indeed ok we'll talk again at half time and I'm assuming we'll have a lot more scores to tell you about no time Okay, we've had a few more scores. It's half time. Scores now: Connacht sixteen, Leinster thirty-three. They're just, they're just running this game. It's, uh, it's a half of ten minutes and thirty minutes, really. Connacht sixteen, they're up at one stage. Uh, Leinster in complete control now. Connacht have given away a lot of penalties, and it's cost them really, the, uh, real amount of points. Leinster have just got in there. They've been absolutely ruthless. They've upped their work rate. And, and, and Connacht look a little bit bedraggled I, I don't know where this game goes from here I thought it would be a shootout game but I didn't quite see it going that way one half, 49 points and big questions for Connacht to see how they can get out of this Yeah, their body languages that come off wasn't great, Leinster sprinted off the field and at least three quarters of the Connacht team trudged off Now they did get try, once they saw the Leinster guys go and bite them they did try and bring it up but uh, they were in big trouble I think in the second <laughs> half but the wind is getting up and it will be in their favour so here's hoping we stop the rot at least we'll talk again on 60 minutes okay it's now just coming up to 60 minutes and it's going from bad to worse for Connacht we're now 16 Leinster 45 yeah Leinster are really really turning it on it's great to watch I mean their work rate is phenomenal and their accuracy of what they're trying to do. Connacht aren't playing very well at this stage, but they're, they're totally dominant in everything, and they haven't stopped. They, apart from the first 10 minutes, and even the substitutes have come on now, the likes of Tyke Furlong has just toddled out there, and the first thing he does is a huge heavy hit tackle, and then driving in against Papali'i to stop him as he was aiming into the 22, so there's no let-up from them, and it's going to be a tough 20 minutes to the end of this game for Connacht. It certainly is. There's not much more we can say from a conduct perspective. We'll talk again at full time. Final score here at the Sports Ground, Leinster 50, Connacht 21. OK, William. Leinster finished the game off with a try at the very last, which is unfortunate because Connacht did manage to score a try and played some good rugby. The bouncers come on, did a bit of bouncing, but we're second division compared to these guys. Yeah, they're, they're a different class. They're, they're, they're just better, better technically, physically, their work rate. 
Um, you know, six, from a side, they were, they were 16 nil down at one stage, Leinster, but they just came back, they stuck to their plans, and they, they, they won the contact areas, um, and their decision making's better, and they're more clinical when they get the opportunity to finish. And they're, they're, they're well worth the 50 points. Hat trick for Keenan, who was called man of the match. I think you could have named nearly anybody on the Leinster side. Connick's bench did quite well. Um, Kieran Marmion was impressive. Impressed with Abraham Papalihi. He. he, he he got through a lot of work there. He's still got a fair bit to learn. He struggles with the static ball, but if you can get him free when he's get the ball to him when he's moving forward. Um, but that was a really, really tough night. And now a six-day turnaround to Munster next week, who are two two out of two. That's going to be a tough one in Thoman Park for them. Uh, but Leinster are back on the horse. They'd lost two games. Now they've got a win in this competition and they are going to be thinking if we win four more games, we're in the final of the Rainbow Cup and uh, they will just treat it that way. Um, you know, during the week at the press con- Leinster press conference, Stuart Lancaster said we're sending a strong team to Galway. Well, they did and they won. They certainly did and fully deserved it. Oh, the next voice you hear will be Rob Murphy or it'll be straight into the post-match interviews. It'll all depend on my edits. Certainly not what we expected when you got a team. You know, we actually we talked about making sure we started quickly. We knew we had a Leinster team that was was wounded, had you know two win or two losses in a row, which doesn't happen very often at Leinster. So we have to start well. And after you know thirteen minutes, we're up sixteen. You think, well, this is brilliant. It's exactly where we want to be. And um, but to their credit, um, and to our disappointment in areas we need to fix, we you know we gave them access to our A zone as soon as we did. They were scoring tries and seemed to score way too easily. So, um, something we need to work on. Yeah, it's funny because we were saying in the commentary about the importance of not giving Leinster a penalty because it gave them a platform. But at the same time, the sheer certainty they had in scoring a try in that situation is a worry for you as well, separate to that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's an area that we've been trying trying to uh, to get right all year. Um, it, a compliment to, to Leinster there as soon as they got into that zone. They were very, very clinical and, uh, yeah, they managed to get a lot of points there. So something we know is going to be coming next week. We know exactly what Munster's, you know, Munster will, they will have had a game plan anyway, but they'll be watching that going, well, that's, a, yeah, that's, that's probably reinforced everything they were thinking. Let's try and get penalties, get into the A-zone. Let's, let's launch out of through, through Maul or our war. And, uh, and if, if we, uh, if, we, if we're not able to do that, let's make sure we try and attack their breakdown because they, the, they were the areas that hurt us tonight. Andy, like, you know, bottom line season success when you get to the Champions Cup, so no one's going to say anything other than that, but there does seem to me to be at times a gap between the likes of Leinster and Connacht that I haven't seen before at certain moments along the season. Are you feeling that when you're looking back at your years and what, what's that about? Why are Leinster at times looking just so far ahead of Connacht in moments like this or as we saw in other games early in the season, we've seen moments where Connacht just looked a good, a good bit off the pace like. Yeah, well, it's two games in the season against Manchester. We won one, they won one. So I wouldn't say they're miles ahead of us. You look at the point, yeah. every day and you go, well, that scoreline probably doesn't look real good. But uh, I actually don't think the scoreline is as reflective as the game as, as what it was. Um, so I'm actually not too worried about that, to be honest with you, Rob. Um, yeah, I think we, we had a real opportunity tonight to be the team that the first team kind of to, to win home and away. We weren't that team. We were disappointed with that. We are disappointed with the performance, but I don't see the gap being massive. 
just going into the next game against Munster, there is going to be that sense of can Connick bounce back? And that's the that's the flip side of the inconsistency. What we saw in Ravenhill, what we've seen in RDS, as you pointed out to me there, could easily come again in Toman. You performed well there the last time. You're looking for the same. Yeah, we are. And that's, you know, that's our away form. You know, we seem to get far better results than we do at home. So um, in, in a good way, we're going to Thoman Park. So we get a chance to play them there. The last performance there, we missed out by three points. I actually thought on the night, um, you know, I, th- I thought we had a real opportunity to win that game. Now, we didn't. Uh, nor did we beat them here. So that, that they, uh, they've had two wins against us this season. It's a great opportunity for us to get a, a win in the third game. Peter, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, just like, how are you going to reset now and maybe just speak to the inconsistency that we're talking to Andy about this year? Because it has made this season kind of, you know, just harder to kind of enjoy perhaps for you guys because what a win two weeks ago. What a disappointment today. Yeah, uh, ultimately we just have to look at our systems and <clears throat> and how we stuck to them and, and where we went wrong. So we'll have a look at the video on, on Monday and, and before that individually, um, see where we went wrong. And that's all you can do is just look where we can improve the next week. So all eyes on Munster. And the post-game press conference there, that's what you were listening to. I felt I just didn't take that where I wanted to with Andy. So, you know, I was really interested just to understand how he sees these contrasts. And in fairness, I think part of the reason why he didn't answer is because I didn't take it really with, with the question but also I think as well as that he doesn't know yet but I bet you he's wondering because that's some contrast I said it to you in this podcast yeah. two weeks ago Alan I said Connick don't tend to back these ones up and I, for once like a stop clock I was right yeah but for 15 minutes they were backing it up but that's then, what Andy Friend said <laughs> yeah and then they made a mistake and then Leinster, Leinster into the game and once Leinster got the try from their first attempt you sort of knew that things are gonna things are gonna get worse and worse, and they just grew into it. Um, and every time we made a mistake, they they punished us, punished us, and punished us badly. Look, Leinster are a really, really good side. Yeah. I was listening listening to some of the podcasts this week. It was hilarious talk listening to guys going on about all the problems in Irish rugby and the problem. I think there's only two or three teams who can beat Leinster. You caught a bit of that. You know what? I'd love to if someone to listen. Actually, can you do this, Stuart Lancaster? last week in the press conference. Drop in a little bit of this here, Alan, in the edit. Because someone asked him at the start of the press conference about how things are. And just on your train of thought there, and it was almost like, what are you going to do? Where's the root and branch review? He had a brilliant answer. Will we listen to him? Yeah. And how hard it is to win, you know, at the highest level. You know, it's... Uh, rugby is a sport that you need... Um, uh, it's down to fine margins and you need little things to go your way. Um some of which were in, in our control. And I drew the analogy, actually, of the, um, the Patriots, because I'm reading the book The Dynasty at the moment and uh, talking about their, uh, their success in American football. Um, and you go back to 2002 when they started to build and win the Super Bowl. Uh, they won, they've won it six times since 2002, but that actually means they've lost it 12 times. Yeah, that's your point. Like, Lancaster's on the same page as you. I love listening to your Lancaster. We listen to him. I wish we could, could talk to him more. Dave, you jump in here. But that's Alan's point. It's, it's like, it's not that bad. This, this is, all right, Larishell are a big side. They got the better of them on home turf. Leinster got to a semi-final. They're a brilliant side. They're miles ahead of the rest of us. Oh, they are. My God, they are. I mean, I can't explain. They're not in crisis. They're not in crisis because I actually was there going, well, I actually did say, well, ooh, after Fulton was saying, well, there's clearly a drop-off in some of the Leinster And I went, hold on a minute, I'm saying this. 
the only drop-off I can see in a Leinster team is between the Eagles, the Eagles team that they sent here, which wouldn't even be their first choice, the Eagles team. That's why you call them the Eagles team. Sorry, sorry, the Leinster A team. The Leinster A team that came here. They're, that was the, probably the weakest Leinster A team I've seen in a while. But they still scored four tries on us. Those guys are probably, let's be frank, ranking up, those guys are between 45 and 60 in terms of, the, in, yes. if you're doing a depth, they're 45. Fifth to six choice guys in some positions. Now, some of them have played. Jamie Osborne has played. Yeah. But he's nowhere close to this team tonight. Now, he, was, he was here as part of their wider squad, but he's nowhere close to coming into their finals of the, of the Pro 14 and certainly not the European team. They ha- could have put out another 15 guys that would have all had 20, 30 Pro 14 games and would have still possibly done a job on this. I go back to remember the game. Uh, two, it was the last time we were in the RDS before everything closed down. They put, remember they sent out a team of kids and we lost that game by 50 points. There is no... The, I just think so, Leinster, if they're not 100% switched on, things can happen to them. They didn't switch on for the first 15 minutes. They today. didn't switch on for the first 15 minutes against Exeter and they were in real trouble and then they figured it yeah, out yeah. and they looked like yeah. the Champions Cup winners they could be and may well be next year. The, re- the, reason, the reason they, did, they didn't switch on at all against Munster at all and they didn't switch on for most I'll worry about that and they didn't switch on for most of the game of the RDS against us but when they did they scored tries but when Leinster switch on and they're 100% and they're angry remember they were very very angry they were trying to prove a point to themselves tonight and they proved it to themselves and remember that wasn't their first choice team there were five changes to the pack from last week so they've still got angry guys to come back pause we're going to bring this to the end let's bring Lindley in as well for our final we'll wrap this up because I want to bring this into the final. So, Lindley, you've missed bits. Don't worry about it. Just join in. So, uh, here we are. We're coming to a conclusion. We've, we've given Lencer all the credit we can, OK? And if you want to double down on that, you can. What I want to ask you, Alan, in on this as well, is where to now? Connick need to make some changes. I'm putting you on the spot here, guys. All right? It's nothing against the players you want to see changed out or in. But I'm just going to start by saying, I'm just going to put one player out there. I'll start with you on this. Dominic, Rob- Dominic Robertson-McCoy has earned a start. Nothing against Bielham. He's earned a start. That's my starting point. A few players now need to probably be given a chance because some other players just haven't performed tonight. Oh, I, I see no reason why, you know, at this stage of the game, that, that's a possibility. Maybe, you know, it depends on, you know, Friend, what can either punish them by taking by putting a change in the whole team up next week, mm-hmm. or he could say you've got to go back out and prove yourself. Mm-hmm. Because remember, some of these players are also playing for Irish selection. Selection, yes. yeah. so you know it, it's a tricky one. And do you want to go down there and win? Take that risk. You know, it's it, it's. I just, I just feel like there are some changes that could really, like you know could just really give that team an impetus. That's well, look, maybe, maybe even someone like Abraham Papali, he could start yes. for a change and do the first 40 and get the momentum. Just maybe it's time to swap it around a bit. You know, but look, you do, you do want to go with your tried and true player, players, mm. those who are fit anyway. Um, and it's just today they got a bit beaten up in up front, particularly in the set pieces. Um, and you know, even talking to Andy Friend tonight, he uh, you know he was talking about the physicality that they have to, they just have to become more physical. Yeah. And you know, Connacht have never been necessarily a hugely physical side. Yeah. Always been reasonably skillful and you know and and good in the back line. Um, so 
it's hard to put your finger on it. I think no matter what they did tonight, they were going to lose because they were coming up against a Leinster side that was no way... Well, they, they had something to prove. They had something to prove after two defeats. They had something to prove after the Champions Cup exit. They had something to prove to make sure that Connacht didn't think they were going to have two wins in a row over them. And they were determined. And they didn't have to put out their first 15 team. There was no, enough... They made 10 changes. There was, but there was enough first 15 play, players... when looked you looked like think, they had the first team. Well, exactly. And when you've got the, you know... Even Ken Callagher, I've never seen him play as well actually in the sports ground, you know, yeah. you know, as he did tonight. There was huge incentive for them, you know. And you have to, you have to, you have to take your head off and say, look, you know, lulled Connor into a bit of false sense of security at the start. Yeah. <laughs> Great start from Connor, and yeah. then all of a sudden it was like, uh oh. You know, we mean business here. We've got, we've got to do this. I mean, some of those players are also fighting for first team selection as well. And some you of know? those players may are outside the lines right now and may well get into the lines. There are players on the field there who might well work their way in. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of some of those World Cup warm ups where one team has a different war- agenda than the other and everyone's reading too much into it because there was a little bit of a feel like that. So maybe that's one of the reasons why people should be taking glass half full. Ah, that's pushing us, not glass half full, but just taking some positive. Yeah, well, I, again, I started just watching players, individual players. You said this at the start of the podcast. We're going to hear who Alan Dole actually play well. Well, you, you look at Papa Lee. I thought he was excellent until he ran out of steam with about five minutes to go. But he lasted. He was doing an enormous amount of work. And he's now developed this uh, Nakarawa. Yeah, this Nakarawa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Man. Whoa, this is cool. Did you see the move where Leinster actually, I think I counted six, but that might be an exaggeration, but it was at least, it must have been five players tried to tackle him under the ball. Yeah, but um, we didn't get the ball away. Oh, no. And that's the frustrating thing is that he does attract, he does honeypot players and we need to get the ball away quicker than that. But I thought I thought um, Sean O'Brien was again was very, very good in the centre. Tom Daly not, had his first half was just out of this world. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. And that's a good partnership that's worked for, that's they're heading towards being the most uh, prevalent centre partnership. We've got seven different centre partnerships. They go one more game to be at six. Arnold's probably gonna work his way in there, maybe. But uh, O'Brien not under contract yet interesting hmm. Hmm. they need to get that man signed up I think uh, Mullingar Sean O'Brien Sean Garrett O'Brien as we like to say as opposed to Sean Porrick O'Brien is it? who's yes who's the second row who's been injured for a while and the other one I thought was playing really well until he went off with his, his we believe it's a head injury but we're not exactly sure um, was, was Jared Butler yeah he had a really good start game. we saw him at half time just looking disconsolate to be honest yeah. they've me my word for it because he's just had a few knocks in the last few weeks a few months including the suspension so yeah I felt sorry for him Dave you're kind of, we're kind of winding towards final thoughts it's been such a good week we haven't even mentioned Bundyaki we haven't even mentioned him he was here tonight we weren't sure if he was but he was here I just saw him um, just as he passed by there I thought oh so he was here tonight because it was, it was, it was there was great energy coming from the bench which I have to say was great to hear because yeah the hunt was leading that he was doing yeah, the work he was, he was yeah but that was, that was matched by Leinster it was matched, I mean but, but it was only matched we weren't outdone mm. we have been outdone here quite a lot because we've only won three games at home this season if I'm right yeah. we're kind of adding it up there Glasgow, yeah. Benetton and, and Cardiff hope we haven't yeah. missed one there so yeah we, we, you know, I was really pleased with that I was glad to see the energy that was there but we just didn't quite have the quality that Leinster had. Uh, just looking ahead, looking ahead to next week, I think Munster are bouncing and they made changes last week. And you know, But I think we should take some confidence from what we did down there the last time. This is a strange competition. I've seen there's, the results are... Everybody seems to be playing basketball. We've gone Southern Hemisphere. The results are... There's been no 10 sixes in this. Um, that was a strange game today. I mean, we've analysed it in the context of any game, but I don't feel like it fits into the normal... No, there were th- there were things that there were things that we, you just I just, I just think we need, 
I'm looking forward to next season because I do think I have never I've seen this is across all sports and I saw GA today I saw soccer today and the lack of fans is making it but I've never seen a team that seems to be so completely symbiotically related to its home fans as gone because everybody else has put in at least you know is breaking 50-50 60-40 we aren't yeah we have only there will be studies around the world of who is the greatest home support ever and they'll contrast COVID games to pre-COVID games and Connacht I'm I'm going to be frank as well also I think we do slightly intimidate it, 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 this, it, this, this is not as intimidating a place when there's nobody here um, yeah it's an I know, open I've, seen, I've seen it with Eagles games I've seen it with kids games even even schools finals when there's an atmosphere here because, so, if I can just take your point because it is it is truly and I've been coming here since 1986 I think my first game against Fiji they, because they literally the noise this place can generate is outrageous. It's on top of a hill. There's wind everywhere, and yet it's just chilling. How incredible! Quite literally, and uh, in in terms well, of noise. they did an amazing job with the clan stand because before you used to get a bit of a sound that came across from yeah, the main stand. Yeah, when yeah. this there was nothing here, we just you, had we just you had you the steps. Over here. Yeah, just the steps and a little barrier at the back, and they, they went from three steps to five steps. Now the barrier, and you know, and we made a bit of noise, but it dissipated into the air. Now we've got this beautifully acoustic speaker-like element of it. The roof is nice and low and everything is metal and it just bounces straight onto the field. Just, just to back it up, is that even when there's nobody here, you, the sound the subs are making as well does yeah. sound ridiculous. And you could do with drowning that out, and that'd be yeah. great when it happens. To, to finish, though, everywhere around the world, Connacht rugby people were so bloody proud, Lindley, of their adopted son, Bundyaki. And I think he, he speaks for everything about what Connacht rugby is about as well. Like, he bothers the rest of the country because they're like, Where, why? Why is he getting in? Because he's not one of the other provinces. He's one of ours. He's so committed to Connacht. And there he is, getting on the Lions. Our fourth Lion officially, although Robbie yes. Henshaw, it gets, you know, he's not the fifth, but for me he is. As far as I'm concerned, he's our fifth Lion. I'm just saying it. But can anyone here say that you were totally surprised when Bundy was selected? I was surprised. William was surprised. Alan was surprised. Lindley, you weren't. I wasn't surprised. I was not surprised at all. Yeah. Um, in fact... I'm not in hindsight, but that's a bit no, late. No, no, <laughs> Quite no, no. I was. I was actually talking to my husband about it about a week ago and we were talking about the Lions and I said we were talking about players in the Lions and whatever and Robbie Henshaw going and... I think it cropped up during one of the internationals when they were talking about Robbie Henshaw and, and, and Bundy. And I kind of said, Jesus, I said, you know, they still are one of the best centre partnerships. Yeah. Bundy offers... The England game. <laughs> and Bundy offers a hell of a lot. And I know Warren Gatlin reasonably well. I know, I know sometimes the way he thinks. He likes going outside the box. He's looking at players. What can Bundy bring? Bundy can bring a hell of a lot to that team just in terms of his his uh, defensive ability his attacking ability his against powerful South African back this and back he's not in, he's not intimidated by, by players yeah. like that he has a hard has a hardiness and a grittiness to him you know and, and he brings the best out of Robbie yes mm. he does because he creates this aura yeah. that is just amazing and we remember uh, some of our best days following Connacht were like uh, 2016 just watching that and even before even those seasons before were alright we weren't getting the results but the two of them were combined and that was when you used to be saying listen there's something there lads there's something there stick with this a lot of the reaction has been first of all I think if you're going to complain about a centre going to the, on the line store Chris Harris excuse me what um, and, and, and secondly the reaction has been quite clearly 
people don't watch outside their bubbles. There are English players in this tour. I'm going, I'm not sure what he... I'm guilty of that too. I'm, no, I'm sorry. There's English players. I'm Sam Simmons is on with the bike. I just haven't seen enough of oh, him. Oh, he's been brilliant. I've called him a few times yeah, yeah, yeah. and I've listened and to a couple of radio commentaries. I, I, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't seen Johnny Hill enough for Exeter to see Me what, neither. Yeah, so he's, so, but I also do think the reaction to Bundy has been, oh, what does he bring? He gets sent off a lot. But, well, yeah, he got sent off in his last game, but look what he'd done in the 15 minutes before that. I said, you don't watch enough Connacht. And more importantly, you certainly didn't watch enough Connacht in 2015-16 when that partnership was at its height. Yeah. And then it was broken up through no fault, well, through no fault of them. So... Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those things, and we've accepted that, but... I think the other thing about Bundy is, let's face it, he's a good crack, okay? So if you're going if you're going on a Lions tour, there's always got to be a few players... The Sky documentary crew are just like, woo! Well, you know, I I, I, I was one of the blessed ones to be on the on the plane on the way back from Edinburgh on in the pro... pro Yeah, we were on the furry. (laughs) We've let that go, haven't we? And and Bundy led the celebrations, and the spirits, and the high spirits, and I just think that yeah. Bundy is... Do you remember the Bundy Aki song? Uh, was all the, like, what, two, three thousand Connick fans around the bus and it's Bundy, Bundy, Bundy. That was in my head all, all Thursday. You see? Remember, he crowd surfed. Listen, I mean, he's that kind of character and I know we have a lot of listeners who aren't Connick fans but enjoy our podcast and welcome and you're, we're always welcome and if we have Leinster listeners, well done. Your team were fantastic today. But I think it's just important that we stress to you, like... One of the reasons why I was given out about people pronouncing his name Aki instead of Aki, it's just it's because you just don't pay attention if you call his name that. Pay attention, and you're it's okay. I've made mistakes pronouncing things a million times, so don't get it wrong. Don't feel bad if you got it wrong, but please get it right going forward. It's Bundy Aki. There's no need to double check this. That's how he pronounces his name. Uh, but the second point I was going to say is that this man is like if you go into any rugby family in Galway, Mayo, Sligo, Leitrim, or Roscommon, and they have kids maybe under ten, and you ask them, just ask them. Connacht. Who's plays for Connacht? Don't even go into a family who knows rugby. Go into people who don't know rugby Great and point. they know Bundyaki. He he's probably the most recognisable sporting icon in the West of Ireland and he represents everything that's really important in the modern world. And I'm sorry if you don't agree with this, get off this podcast. It's about people settling in other countries, being part of those communities and ending up representing them in a way that we could never have imagined. He's one of us and we're very proud of him. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes side